Good news. My new book is finally here. It's called Handbook for the Heartbroken, A Woman's Path from Devastation to Rebirth, and you can order it now wherever books are sold. I wrote this book after the five-year span between 2016 and 2020 when I experienced serial heartbreaks that rocked literally every area of my life, my health, relationships, money, career, social status, and even my very sense of self. And along the way, I really got to experience firsthand how dysfunctional our culture's relationship is to loss. I saw how we live in a heartbreak illiterate world that's obsessed with success and shackled with isolation and ignorant of how valuable our suffering can be for our growth and our evolution, not only as individuals, but also as a collective. So this book expands the conversation around loss beyond just breakups and bereavement, although we definitely cover those two, in order to include falls from grace of all kinds, personal, professional, and collective. So whether you're experiencing hardship now or know you have past hurts that are holding you back in certain ways and still need healing, this book is here to support you. It's also a great book to gift to clients, family members, friends, just other women in your world who are going through a challenging time. It will show you that it's only through fully turning toward your heartbreak with support, courage, and compassion that you can heal. So within the loving pages of this book, you will have full permission to fall apart and slowly, organically find your way back to greater wholeness. I'm truly excited to share this with you. It was not a joy to live this journey, but it really was a joy to write it. And you can find it again wherever books are sold and the audio version of the book is available as well. If you would like some gifts to accompany you on your heartbreak journey, you can get those at handbookfortheheartbroken.com. Those are free. Whenever you order books, you can just send in your invoice or your receipt and we'll send you those accompanying gifts. Enjoy. Hello, beautiful women. Welcome to She Talks, a space for you to come home to your inner wisdom, which I call your she. I'm Sarah Von Stover, a yoga and meditation teacher, best-selling author, and founder of The Way of the Happy Woman. And I'm really honored to welcome you to a new season on our podcast called The Heartbreak Diaries. Now, heartbreak is a harsh but incredibly powerful spiritual teacher. It pulls the rug out from underneath us and asks us to find our footing amidst the free fall. It shatters us and demands we piece ourselves back together, more whole and holy than ever before. As I've weathered a massive series of heartbreaks over the past year and a half, I've realized that one of the most painful pieces of grief is often the isolation it brings. So I'm on a mission to help shift this by creating a safe space where women can share not only the highs of our lives, but more importantly, the lows. To help us find a sense of community in our struggles and to give voice to the losses that we often grieve in silence, I've created this special interview series called The Heartbreak Diaries. Over the next couple weeks, I'll share four intimate interviews with women who've weathered intense heartbreak and come out the other side even stronger. From growing older to the sudden death of a beloved, from baby loss to divorce and the loss of a parent, these brave women will open up about some of the toughest chapters of their lives and exactly what they did to be transformed by them on every level. Beyond being a safe space to speak up and share about our losses, this series has another purpose. It honors the opening of a new course that I've been working on for the past year called Healing from Heartbreak, Transform Through the Wild Wisdom of Grief. This gentle, guided, four-week heroine's journey is the exact course that I wish I'd had during my own heartbreaks. It gathers all the resources, all the tools that I've had to piece together on my own And I'm offering it to you in one place to help us heal and grow into more human and honest versions of ourselves, 
with the community support and tools we need to make it through our darkest days. As I've learned to befriend rather than fear my grief over these past couple of years, I've discovered that weathering it well requires a truly compassionate and integrative approach. So we start on June 7th, and there's a special gift for any woman who joins us early before May 30th. And you can learn more at thewayofthehappywoman.com forward slash healing dash from dash heartbreak. So grab your tissues, get comfy, and enjoy this intimate interview as part of our Heartbreak Diaries. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to our second interview in the Heartbreak Diaries series. It is a early afternoon here on Monday in Boulder. I'm having a slow start to the week. <laughs> and just had a late breakfast. Has anyone has anyone used the mixes, the Simple Mills mixes? They have really great mixes based in almond flour, if you're not allergic to nuts, for pumpkin muffins, banana muffins, um pancake and waffle mix. And they also have really great crackers. And again, they're all grain-free, just almond-based. And I made the pumpkin muffins over the weekend and just had one for a late breakfast. And they're really, really good. Each each of their items only has about six or seven ingredients. And they're all really just pure, simple ingredients. So I recommend Simple Mills if you haven't if you haven't tried them out. And I think kids love them too. So food, delicious food and nourishing food is the perfect segue into introducing our next guest, who is Sabrina Chaw, and her website is afeminefeast.com. And Sabrina and I met, gosh, it was over 10 years ago, and it was before I moved back to the U.S. from Thailand. I was just home for the summer and was staying with some friends in San Francisco, and I was going on retreat, a women's retreat with one of my teachers, Sofia Diaz, and I needed a ride. And Sabrina offered to give me a ride, and we drove from San Francisco uh, down to Watsonville, California, near Santa Cruz at the Mount Madonna Retreat Center, and had this beautiful women's retreat, and have been really close friends ever since. She's like an older sister to me. And now every time I go to San Francisco, I stay with her and her husband, Gary, in their beautiful home there and go for walks together at the Presidio and down to Golden Gate Park. And Sabrina is a real force of nature. And she's a force of nature in how fully she embodies her femininity. She just exudes radiance, sensuality, playfulness, uh, real just nourishment. And every time I go to visit, she gets my room ready with beautiful pillows and linens and There's always a bouquet of flowers and a card and just stocks the refrigerator and makes me delicious food. And I just feel so loved and welcomed in a way that I never have anywhere else throughout my life. And Sabrina has been a real teacher to me in that way. So I'm really looking forward to you all getting a chance to meet her too and to experiencing just the goodness and the realness that she emanates. And I invited her to speak with us because in these years that I've known Sabrina, I I met her as she was approaching her 50th birthday. And now she's approaching her 60th birthday. And she's really faced a lot. She's faced the death of both of her parents. She has faced her own transition from perimenopause into menopause and now postmenopause. And also really going against the grain as a Chinese American, she went against what the rest of her family and her culture was prescribing for her to do and 
She got married very late in life, and she didn't have biological children of her own. And she's really, while that hasn't been an easy path, she's really owned it and made peace with it and is always just trying to make the best, make beauty out of whatever her circumstances are. So without further delay, I invite you to enjoy this conversation between me and one of my very dearest friends, Sabrina Cha. Enjoy. All right. Welcome, Sabrina. Yeah, thank you, Sarah. Really, Good to be here. Yeah, it's always it's always a joy to get to sit down and talk with you, whether that's on your couch in San Francisco with a cup of tea or over the phone line. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful day in San Francisco, too, so... Yeah, my my heart is bright and so is the outside. It's all it's all really good over here. Okay, so we always start our gatherings here with a personal sharing. And can you let us know where you're joining us from today and how levels of your body, heart, and mind? Mm-hmm. Yeah, my my um. My heart is feeling very bright, um, excited to be with you. I love you so much. Um, it it also carries a little bit of sadness. Um, I have two dear friends whose um, health is of concern right now, um, and they one of them is waiting for a diagnosis, and another one's just you know, going along the journey of, of cancer. Um, so holding that in my heart as well. Um, yeah. And uh, my body is feeling, hmm, let me feel into that, um, full. I, I ate a late lunch and I had a great yoga class this, this uh, earlier today. So that feels really good. So my body feels open and, and nourished. And uh, my mind, what is my mind feeling? My mind is feeling curious, curious, just um, open to our conversation. And, uh, and yeah, just, just, just happy to be here. Mm. Well... Sounds like a rich, rich place to be as we move into this material today. And let's dive right in. I know that you're approaching your 60th birthday next year. And Mm -hmm. I know this is a big milestone for you with just a lot of different dimensions to it. And I'm wondering if you can share with us how you're feeling about this, this milestone. And I remember sitting with you before your 50th birthday was coming and talking about that as as well. So. <laughs> yeah, boy, time really flies, doesn't it? Uh, yes, I remember that too. And and uh, I tell you, I, I have I'll confess that uh, when January 2nd this year came around, and uh, so I'm, I'm I'm 58, right? So that means in July is my birthday, so I'll be 59. This July, which means, yes, you're right, I'll be 60 next year. So when January 2nd rolled around, 2017, and I realized that, I realized I'm going to be 60 next year, I just like, holy smoke. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to be 60 next year. I mean, I'm 58, and all of a sudden I flew over two years. I'm like, I'm going to be 60 (laughs) next year. Oh, my God, how did that happen? Am I ready for this? I'm not ready for this. Am I ready for this? <laughs> you know, and, uh, I I just it, it was a shock to my system, and uh, I had this sudden sense of urgency to like, wow, you know, when I asked myself, "Am I prepared?" I didn't even ask myself, "What am I preparing myself for?" I just automatically went into like, "Oh my gosh, I've got to I've got to get everything in order." And what does that mean? Oh, I got to get all my foundational stuff in order, my my house in order, meaning 
finances and and everything I wanted to and in the world do I have you know that type of thing I mean it was it it, it was it was coming from a place of um fear I have to say at first that was my knee jerk reaction um because all of a sudden I realized I was going to be 60 um and then I started relaxing around it and um I started feeling uh, a sense of adventure uh, because, you know, my 50s, I loved my 50s. I mean, my 50s were the best ever. I I, I fell in love. I, I started my own business. I got married. I settled down in a beautiful home in San Francisco. Um, my grandson was born. My, my community and my heart expanded more than ever. Um, so... You know, being on the right side of 50 feels really, really good. So, and yet, when I felt that sense of like, oh, my God, I'm turning 60, I decided to really reevaluate my life. And and um, I, I purchased something called the Dream Book. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a book that guides people through uh, the process of reevaluating their lives and, and putting certain priorities down to start working on their lives and start doing it on a very um, um, holistic and comprehensive ways. So it's connecting all the dots like health, recreation, family, community, sexuality, uh, relationship, uh, and so forth and so forth. And I'm in the process of doing that now and, and just really seeing where, what is my deepest desires in, in all these areas and what do I want to manifest in, in my reality in the next, they, they ask like for this year, for the next five years and action steps to move towards those various things. So um, with that, I'm, I'm in the process of just really gathering together my, my desires and, uh, so I, I have most of them down already and, and sort of moving towards them, but I'm in no rush. Um, that's one thing I've realized being in my, going towards 60s is like time is a very relative thing these days. <laughs> it does go by really fast and there is no deadline. There's no rush to get anywhere, really. And um, so it's, it's, it's been a beautiful process. A lot of deep conversations with the people, my family, my my husband, my my friends, um, and it opens conversations with what they want as well. So there's a lot of uh, possible co-creation happening as a result of um, me turning towards sixties. Because in those conversations, I find that people, a lot of my friends, want the same thing. So we're sort of going, "Wow, why don't we go through this all together?" And so my uh, my sense of tribe and extended family is extending as well. So um, it feels really, really good. Really, really good. You and I spoke about that. I also have that book. And for anyone who's interested, it's published by Dragon Tree Spa. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you can, you can get, that, get it on their website. There's a, a, there's a Dreamer and Planner book. And then I think there's also just the Dreamer book. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And they also have um, a series of meditations to help you. That's separate. It helps you deepen into the answers to the questions they ask you in in the dream book and the planner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Sabrina, you know, with this approaching this milestone, you know, I know that growing older is a gradual process. And for we women, it's accompanied by a lot of hormonal changes. And I know that you had a big journey with menopause that we've spoken about and that you were also taught in one of, you were a guest teacher in one of my online programs, Reversing Our Curse. So I know that in and of itself can be a form of heartbreak. How has this process of growing older and of passing through menopause, how has that been a form of heartbreak for you. Hmm. Yeah, and I, I really appreciate the way you're you're putting it, Sarah. That it is a form of heartbreak. Menopause 
And growing older is a form of heartbreak because it really does break the heart open. Um, it, 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 it unravels the cords, it unbinds the cords that, that tie around our heart that keep us closed and keep us closed to more possibilities. And um, menopause has been a constant um, journey of letting go because with menopause came the the loss, uh, like letting go of of anticipation of who I might be or what I am now and and things like that. And it, it, it involved the loss of um, a lot of uh, my dreams of becoming a mother, um, my uh, sexuality and libido. Um, you know, you mentioned the hormonal changes. That also involves energy. Um, so my energy really shifted as well. And, and my ability and my determination to accomplish and and to manifest um, shifted. It, 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 it wasn't so much, oh, ambition was driving me. It, 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 uh, a lot of that was just kind of letting go. Um, and so there was there is definitely a, a loss of, of many things and including my ego by the way um because menopause is a very um humbling journey right because we do have to let go in menopause because we continue to hold on to youth or our looks or sense of sense of sexual um prowess um, which I did, by the way, because as you know, um, in my work, especially the work with David Data, a lot of my work centered around relationship and sexuality. And because with menopause, my own sense of sexuality really shifted. It put me in this groundless place like, whoa, uh, what is sexuality? I wasn't feeling it so much myself. So to feel... You know, all this sexual kundalini energy coming through my body, that just wasn't happening. <laughs> you know, I mean, just like fell flat. <laughs> you know, I used to be able to just through my circular breath be able to, to create that and, uh, it just wasn't happening all, a lot of the time. So I really had to find a deeper sense of, of creation. Um, in, in my whole body, in, not just my womb, but really a deeper sense of connection with my my mind, my heart, my my solar plexus, my womb, my you know my lower chakras, and and everything um, to find that place of of birthing. Of though it wasn't creating a child, it was really truly creating something that was not even a form I could imagine, but it just had to be authentic and, 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 and to be that it had to be organic. And that is still happening. You know, it's still happening. My my sense of creation is is not led by what I want anymore. It's more led by what is truly the deepest, deepest longing I have and getting in touch with that, which sometimes hurts, to tell you the truth. It really um, it, it's 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 not so simple anymore. It's it's really coming from the place that maybe is a bit more tender. Um, and uh, menopause brought me to that place where, as I mentioned, letting go of my ego, letting go of the walls that you know created boundaries around me to create a sense of identity and personality and 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 strength. I you know I had to let go of that, and that that felt very scary. And um, but what is being revealed is more of a genuineness, more of a openness, and uh, authenticity, and a soul, a heart that and mind that is in integrity with my soul. Um, so it's um, it's actually been a it's been a hard. It doesn't have to be hard, by the way. It doesn't have to be hard. Everybody has their own journey. Uh, for me, you know, just there are certain parts of it that was, was challenging. And uh, and it was a seven-year process. I mean, it wasn't like overnight with the hot flashes and the night sweats and all the hormonal changes. But uh, those were actually uh, addressed very quickly, but the emotional and the spiritual journey um, lasted a lot longer. And, and, you know, even now, post-menopause, it's... Uh, the um 
the journey of, of truth continues and uh, and the journey of letting what go. Mean, what do you mean the journey of truth? Well, in menopause, the letting go process continues post-menopause. And even post-menopause, you know, the letting go process continues until death. Because as we get older, it's 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 uh, as we let go more and more of our ego, as we let go more of our sense of separation, it, it, like with my husband, you know, I mean, we we have we have differences sometimes, and and sometimes it's like, oh Jesus Christ, how how are we going to get through some of the things we we must get through? And yet, when I feel into the truth of who we are, and it's not our ego, it's not him and his needs versus mine and my needs or this power struggle. It is it is the mutuality of who we are as human beings, of, of vulnerability, of mutual longing, of, of, of both wanting and longing to be loved and to give love and receive love. That's the truth. And so letting go, I mean, like letting go of all that stuff that prevents us from from really feeling and acknowledging and living that truth and and going more towards the dissolution of our physical self. So that's what's happening. I mean, you know, my you know, things are happening. <laughs> my more wrinkles, <laughs> right? More smile lines, which I, you know, very much deserve. Right? <laughs> I love yeah. smile lines. Right? The gray in my hair and uh you know, I'm. I, I think I might have lost half an inch. You know, I mean, so the physicality of the body is, is literally coming more back down to the earth, right? It's it's coming more back down to the earth, and so the dissolution of of the physicality is is the truth, and so to hold on to it, to hold on to it tightly when it's going in the opposite direction, it's you know literally and, and metaphorically dissolving, uh, you know, to hold on to it makes no sense. And that's the truth. That is the truth. And so um, the journey into the truth is that. It's like, how do I honor that rhythm? And I'm not saying I'm going to die anytime soon. I'm not, like, it's not a morbid embrace of, you know, the Grim Reaper. <laughs> it's like, but it's actually a lightness of being um, because, I'm not holding on to so much. I'm not having so much of a burden over my shoulders. Um, you know, like even if my husband died, you know, a truck hit him or something like that, and say something happened to the house and I was financially bankrupt or something, I can honestly say with uh, the, there's a certain lightness of being post-menopause and, and growing older that I don't. I feel lighter and I can say that I've lived a good life. I've lived a good life, and and I can die tomorrow uh, with less attachments to much less attachments to what I've had, and being willing to die and say I lived a good life, and to and and to die with ah, a, a, a full exhale, because I feel I feel full. I really really do. And Sabrina, I know you mentioned in your check-in that you, know, you have some friends in your life who are having some health challenges, and this is also something that happens as we grow older. You know, as the Buddha taught, we all, none of us can avoid old age, sickness, and death. And as we grow older, we start to lose more and more of the people that we love, namely mm-hmm. our parents. And I know that you went through quite a journey around losing both of your parents at different times. But mm-hmm. what can you speak a bit more a bit to what that grief and heartbreak was like for you, losing your mother and father? Yeah. Um, hmm. Boy, you know, it's, it's interesting. Even as you're asking that there, I can still feel it, the grief in my heart um, for both of my parents. Um, because I, I, to this day, I still think of them very, very often. And um, as you mentioned, my parents died at separate times. My my father died uh, what uh, what thirteen years ago, uh, fourteen years ago, and my mother died uh, seven years ago. And um, it, it was the grief 
was similar but different with with each one. When my father died, um, oh, he was he was my rock. He he uh, he was such a solid source of stability, of reliability, of strength and integrity. Um, he always did what he said he was going to do, no matter what, no matter what. And he was such a protector and a provider. And all these traits that one might attribute to the masculine, um, he was it. And although emotionally he wasn't as available, but he was just there. I mean, just the minute we needed him, he was there. And uh, and and so when he died, it I I. I uh, I just felt such a, a loss of this this stability, this 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 source of strength that that protected me. All these he was like a loss of the masculine in my life, mm-hmm. and um, I really grieve that. I mean, I, I I had been dating, but you know, there's nothing like having a person around from the start of my life, the very beginning of my birth, till you know, until my father's death. I mean, he was there for my my entire life. And um, so it was really, really hard. And um, even to this day, you know, I I, uh, I think of him. And, uh, yeah. and, and, and the same goes with my mother. Um, when my mother died, she in her own way was the flavor of the feminine that I really cherished. Um, she was... The ultimate, like nurturer, and she was a source of unwavering support, and a source of replenishment and love and warmth. And um, she wasn't affectionate. You know, the the Asians aren't very affectionate uh, culturally. He grew up in China, um, but again, they were always there, always, always there for us. And when she died, she was the last of my parents to die. So not only did I lose the source of constant replenishment and, and uh, again, uh, reliability for love and uh, unconditional love and warmth, but also I became an orphan. And I, whereas my brothers and sisters all had their families, they had their kids, um, so they had their families. I didn't have any because I, uh, you know, I didn't have a, a partner. Uh, and I didn't, uh, or I was dating at the time, um, but it was a new relationship, and and I didn't have children, so I felt like, you know, just out in the out in the ocean, kind of not tethered to anything, and that was the greatest part of my grieving, feeling um, like I had no family, and that that was really really hard. Even though I had my brothers and sisters, but they were living their own lives. And, you know, I was making up a story about what family is, right? And uh, now my my experience of family and definition of family is much different, and I feel fuller. I feel I have a very full extended family and, you know, nuclear family with my brothers and sisters. But, but back then, uh, the shock of her passing, because they both died unexpectedly. It was... It was they were it was both in the hospital and you know they were supposed to be getting well and on their way to getting well and it, you know it didn't happen that way um, so that shock just really was huge and um, so yeah my heart broke open it just in, in, in little pieces that uh, I didn't think I'd ever get back together and and to tell you the truth I mean. Because I didn't know what shape of my heart was before the, their death, I don't know if it's fully even, you know, quite recovered, and I don't know if it's meant to be. Because the heart is meant to be open, and uh, it, it and it continues to be because my love for them um, will continue, and my love for them is carried in memories. So every time I think of them, it's another little heartbreak um, because sadness comes through. But with each sadness also comes a, a poignancy of of love and appreciation. Um, so less sadness comes and more appreciation comes through. So it's, it's easier, for sure. For sure. Um, but yeah, it, it definitely was a heartbreak. And Sabrina, with, with that, either with losing your parents and 
you know, the process of menopause. What are some of the tools, the resources, the people, the practices that most helped you with the grieving of these losses? Mm-hmm. Grieving is, yeah. grief is such an intense, it's not just emotional, it's also physiological. Mm-hmm. And it just overtakes us. And how did you, how did you work with that? Yeah, that's a great question, Sarah, because, you know, a lot of times when we're in grief, there's, it's, it's our own personal intimate journey, right? So even though we're surrounded by friends and family to support us along the ways, it can still feel a very lonesome process, right? So a lot of what I had to do uh, was twofold. Um, a lot of practices, a lot of practices to, there were times that I wanted to curl up in a ball, like a fetal position, and just just cry my eyes out. And and and, and with that though, came um, came uh, just a, a cascade of emotions that would come through me. And and yet my heart wasn't open. My heart was not open. I was just starting to curl more and more and more into a ball, into more darkness, into more sorrow. And what I needed to do with all these things, with, with menopause, with the death of my parents, with the death of other friends, too, who, who have died along the ways, I had to have an a, a embodied practice where I would open my heart. And so instead of curling up in a ball like I would often do, I would just go down into my yoga studio, put down a bolster on top of my yoga mat, you know, get into it like a a slight uh, back bend over my bolster and open my heart with my arms by my side and, you know, have like a a weight around my hip area, my my thighs area to weigh my thighs down so that my whole diaphragm, my torso and my heart and my upper chest would open and I would grieve that way. I would grieve and it made it harder. Oh, my God. The grief was even deeper because of that, and my sadness turned into like weeping, sorrow, and just really deep, um, deep crying. And but that was the truth. That was the core of my grieving. It wasn't my heart closed anymore, where I was starting to go into whatever stories I was having, like, oh my God, I'm I'm alone, or. Um, I'm unloved, or I have no family, or da 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 da. It was I just opened my heart and just like, wow, I'm just my heart is so open. I'm feeling so tender. I'm feeling my body. Where's my breath? I would feel my breath again. I would feel my heart again, and it would just peel and peel and peel. And that would be my practice for days. And it's not that I would necessarily feel better in the way that society might feel better, like, oh, she's moved on, you know, she's she's functional again. I felt better because I felt more open. I felt more energy coming through my body because I wasn't closing down into a little ball anymore. I wasn't going into my mind anymore. I was opening my body, and it was like a conduit of energy coming through from my toes, through, through my entire body, through my extremities of my hands, and through my neck and my head. And we just over and over again with breath, just kept on circulating that energy through. And it would be very painful really painful because that's what an open body does. It conducts more energy so you feel the energy and the depth of the sorrow even more. That's that and when I say you I meant me. And but that's what needed to happen. And um with that comes comes more light, comes more compassion, comes more tenderness, comes more healing. Because I was, I'm able to heal what was what was there. And sometimes it was the loss of maybe a little girl feeling on uh, or it was the manifestation of a little girl feeling she lost her parents and feeling unsafe. So I was, I'm able to heal that more because my heart is open and I was able to feel that little girl, right? Instead of closing down a story like, you know, again, I'm abandoned or whatever. Um, so that was a huge practice for me, a huge practice. And, uh, and like I said, even now, I mean, when I, in moments when I remember my parents or remember my friends, or sometimes, you know, I see a child, you know, like my grandson, um, uh, or, or another little child, I, I grieve the loss of uh, being a mother. I, uh, 
it's still an embodied practice. You know, I put my hand on my heart or I put my hand in my belly and I just feel what's there and I, and I, and I feel again I, I, the oneness of where my heart is with the oneness of where another's heart is and I feel the connection between us. And so I feel like, I don't feel this, oh, I don't, like with menopause, oh, they have a baby and I don't. Or, you know, oh, they they have a family and I don't. It's more like, wow, you know, we we can feel our hearts together. They may not feel mine, but I can certainly feel theirs. And, and there's less of a wall. There's less of a story. There's less of a boundary. And, and I feel fuller. I feel fuller. And, uh, and that continues to this day. I mean, I really think that that is the only way to to be with heartbreak is to is to fully feel it, to fully feel the heart. Let it keep breaking, because something else always takes its place, and that's a fullness. It's it's a it's a different memory of something that is precious, um, and it's beyond the loss of what we had. It, it, it steps into the embracing of what was always there that then maybe we didn't see because we were too busy grieving the loss in the form of the loss or the story or the context of the loss. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah, very much. Mm-hmm. And how do you feel, you know, how do you feel like you've become a better, stronger woman and human being as a result of weathering these losses? Well, yeah, well, that's, that's a great question. Um, being a better person, I let me just feel into what my definition of a better person is. Um, a better person to me means one that is more compassionate, um, more open, more loving, um, more connected not only to others but 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 to to God or the divine or nature, whatever you want to define it. Um, so to me that's a better person. And and as a result of these losses, um I had to reclaim myself over and over again. And what I mean by reclaiming myself is I had to come back to me. I had to, again, like I said, a lot of these, this journey, a lot of the practices I did were, were solo. A lot of them were with other people. You know, I had ceremonies, I had rituals to help me get through my, my grief of the losses, um, even with menopause. You know, I, I went through a ritual with that. Um, and in each one, it's a reclaiming. It's a, it's like reclaiming what is here now. Um, and any time you reclaim yourself, you, you you get stronger. And you get stronger not as a separate self, like oh, I'm bold, I'm courageous. You know, I can muster through this. That's not what I mean by stronger. I meant like stronger as a not as a separate self, but as a wiser self, a more humble self, or a self that is more tender and pliable and adaptive and and malleable, and um, and I say stronger because I've grown stronger because I've allowed myself to become more tender, to become more uh, less separate with what is in front of me, with who is with me. Uh, and 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 I became more with what is here rather than one with what is what I want. You know, I used to think I want this. I want to become one with what I want. Well, it's not that anymore because my ego has been tumbled many, many, many times over. So I become more at one with what is instead. Mm-hmm. And uh, and because of that, I become a lot stronger, a lot. A, a, a quote-unquote better person um, as a result. I'm much more accessible in my heart than I ever was um, mm-hmm. because of menopause, because of these losses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you most want women to know who are grieving and healing their broken hearts? Oh, wow. 
Well, for one, you um, number one, you will get through this. You definitely will get through this. Um, and the key word is through. You know, so it's it's like you're not going to jump over it. You're not going to go around it. <laughs> right? You're not going to go under it. You, you're going to get through this. And 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 when I say get, I mean um, not through effort, but through through surrender. And uh, surrender to what is truly in your heart to feel. And the less you resist that, the less you let that tenderize you, the more you allow that to have you rather than you trying to control it, trying to get past it because it doesn't feel good. But the more you let it have you, right? And the more you conduct the energy of those emotions through you, then you become an open vessel and you become more loving. You become more accessible. Others become more accessible to you because your body and your heart is more open. And then the journey becomes one of curiosity and delight and depth and and just, you know, um, unpredictable magic and, and miracles mm-hmm. because you're just more open to receiving them. Um, because you never know where your guides are until you ask. And the only way that, uh, you know, the universe and God hears your ask is, is through silence. Really, the silence where you're not demanding anything. <laughs> you're not in, insisting on controlling how you feel or how you want to get through this. But it's in the silence of your, the stillness and the tenderness of your heart. And that's when, when God says, ah, okay, yeah, now I'm listening. I'm 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 hearing you. Now we can go to work. Right? Mm. So, you know, you will get through it. You absolutely, absolutely will. And don't go through it alone. Do not go through it alone. It is yes, it is a solo journey on a very intimate level. Because you're not going to be with people twenty four seven, right? But at the same time, as your heart opens um, let others in, receive their support, ask for their support. You know, you'll be, you'll be amazed at how people really want to to support you. And um, it is an act of grace, an opportunity for them to be able to show up as a love in this form as you ask them for support. So a lot of times we don't want to impose, right? Um, and we think, oh, people aren't going to, you know, like us so much because I'm in a weak place. Well, that's the ego talking, right? Um, it wants you to hang on to that place of, oh, I can get through this myself. I can muster through this. But no, it's, it's, it's not the destiny for any human being to go through that. It is the destiny of any human being is to go through life with openness and, and, to, and to open to the light that is in our bodies to, to share. Um, and once you do that, I mean, it benefits everybody. So it's not like, oh, everyone's supporting you and, oh, poor you, and there you go. It's like, no, everybody benefits. Leave it. Everybody benefits. Their heart's open, too. They become more compassionate and and and, and they're in service. And they get to, you know, be the ones who, who can... Because you, you're kind of pioneering a path for them to, and give them permission to, to grieve and to open their hearts. So, absolutely do it. It takes a village for anything, <laughs> you know, for, for yeah, health, for, for relationship, right, for life, for work. I mean, everything. So don't let it stop there when you need it the most. When you're when you're going through heartbreak, because uh, again, you know, let your heart be broken. Let your heart be broken and 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 let something come in its not in the place of the heart but 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 come to the fore of your heart you may not have imagined before, and you'll be amazed, believe me, you will be amazed amazed and 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 quite um quite more in love because of that. Thank you, Sabrina. Yeah. 
Thank you for asking. (laughs) Yeah, well, this is a very potent topic, Sarah, and I so appreciate you bringing it up because, um, you know, there's not a person I know that hasn't gone through heartbreak multiple times. And it's kind of a taboo subject because people are kind of ashamed, you know, of of going through heartbreak because, especially when it's in relationship. Like every time I had a heartbreak, my mom would say, oh, I think I might have told you this story. You know, you're so unlucky in love. You know, you can't find the right guy. You know, it's like, oh, you're cursed. (laughs) You know, it's like, well, I don't want to keep bringing that on, right? And so I didn't want to share that, you know, anymore. I, there was a certain shame to it. There was a certain right. um, uh, judgment I, I had with it. And it's uh, it's really not meant to be alone. The heart is always to be right. shared, whether it's broken or whether it's full. It's always to be shared. So um, let, let's do that. Let's do that. So thank you for bringing it up. I mean, I, I so appreciate it. Heartbreak is mandatory, but transformation is a choice. If you're needing more support to navigate the alchemy that's possible within your own grieving process, please come on over and explore Healing from Heartbreak. In this four-week online immersion, I map out the three core seasons of heartbreak and how to weather each of them gracefully by extracting the wisdom you need from life's hardest lessons to emerge more whole, resilient, and joy-filled than ever before. Now, grief is neither an easy path, nor is it one that you need to walk alone. I've poured everything I've got into this course, from spiritual self-care to sisterhood, mentorship, Buddhist teachings, tools for emotional resilience, rituals, reprogramming core beliefs, and empowered life-visioning principles and practices. So whether you're healing from a recent heartbreak or one from months or years ago, you'll receive the support that you need through our community of women, our weekly classes and mentoring, and the exact practices you need to face each stage of your healing process. So that you don't just break down, you break through. You can learn more at thewayofthehappywoman.com forward slash healing dash from dash heartbreak. I'll be back again in a few days with our next interview. And until then, I'm sending you my heartfelt support. Thank you so much for being part of our sisterhood.